that's a ooh, I really like that, John. That's and a they're, good. They're beer all name. just caricatures of people in small towns. Oh, yeah, it's like a small whole town line. brewing. Small town brewing. Oh my god! Why aren't we doing this? Screw the podcast. But we don't have the beer. <laughs> we'll worry about that later. We have we have the future. Forget it's the really podcast. Like Speaking of which, welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm your host Mark Burris. With me, as always, is John Girdler and Peter Blankenship. It may not be on much longer if yeah, we start this brewery. Yeah, we're oh. gonna start this brewery. <laughs> I was like, wait, Peter John, got scared. Are you <laughs> this is how I choose to announce that. Peter, <laughs> Peter's like, it's with John being our accountant, you ran the numbers. Up. He's like, the, <laughs> the numbers don't add up. We're shutting down. <laughs> We're uh, continuing our look at sequels, and it's my pick. And uh, I picked Kill Bill Volume 2, mainly because it's a movie I completely forgot about. And when I was flipping channels, it came on, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's a perfect sequel. I have a well, question. not a perfect sequel. But so in sequel land, you call Kill Bill Volume 2 a sequel? Why wouldn't it be? It's a good question. Because it's, it's a direct continuation of part one. Like It could very well just have been intermissioned into part two. And the credits at the end, they're 15 minutes long, and they do the entire uh, volume one and two credits. So he Which, by the way, I love that. They are really cool. He wanted it to be one movie, like four-hour-long movie, I read, but they made him split it into two parts because of how long it was. Oh, that's bullshit. Gods and Generals was like six hours, and yeah. I watched that in theaters well, with my dad. he got his revenge with The Hateful Eight. So. Hateful Eight was great. It was really good. Oh, that was an experience, well, Peter. John, John doesn't like... Quentin Tarantino, I guess. Uh, yeah, we do want to talk about that, though. Yeah, yeah I want I'm going to be uh, antagonized on this podcast. I know it's okay. Might I, receive some hate mail. I'm actually excited. Okay. It's no, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of times, though, I'll, I'm going to warn you when you critique Tarantino, and I'm not like a diehard Tarantino fan. I really like him, though. A lot of people come at it with this weird, like, super. Like, ah, it's just too violent. They say the f word a lot. Yeah, and it's like that's okay. What's like your actual critique? <laughs> Is it needed? You know, so this stereotypically Tarantino has a lot of the N word being used in his movies, which these two don't have that in there. I would argue that is something I agree with most people that criticize. Like, okay, tone it down. Yeah. Tone it down a little bit, buddy. <laughs> but I get, like, a lot of people also are like, you don't like Tarantino? Do you even like movies? Yeah. You must like Michael Bay. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't associate Tarantino with, like, appreciating film like other people do. Because that's absurd to me. His movies are fun. Yeah. The only one that really struck a, a deep meaning with me was Pulp Fiction. And all the rest of them are fun. Yeah. It also seems like just people our age love him for whatever reason. Yeah. It seems like our generation, yeah. that's like our. It's like Quentin Tarantino, uh, Christopher Nolan, <laughs> and I'm struggling to think of a third one. Uh, one Direction. Oh, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, J.J. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and it, it, it is interesting. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Tarantino kind of has that. Like in the 90s, it was like really cool and early 2000s and to be like edgy and be like, yeah, Fight Club's like the greatest movie ever fucking made. (laughs) And I feel like the Tarantino movies are like our, you know, generation's version of that as well. And it's just like, 
okay, calm down. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> like they're the great VHS films. And yeah, they put in the, oh my god, Reservoir Dogs. And does it? I wonder if it comes from this idea of like this is a movie that you and your friends would rent and then not tell your parents you watched because <laughs> it's like super inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of own it because I know my mom's not gonna watch it anyway. I go, yeah. mom, it's a little too violent. You probably won't like it. I've seen a couple Tarantino movies with my mom. Like the whole Burris family went and saw Inglorious Bastards, and we left the theater. My mom was like, that movie was awesome Whoa. oh wow yeah that's she loved surprising bastards and glorious bad words and glorious bad words <laughs> i mean was it's real good it's righteous you know there's justice in that movie <laughs> my dad still quotes that movie every now and then the whole when brad pitt at the end of the movies like carving he's like you're gonna be shot for this he's like nah i'm gonna get chewed out <laughs> i've been chewed out before <laughs> my dad loved that line <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, so going back to your original question, though, of like considering this a sequel, at, at what point, like, is Empire Strikes Back a sequel? Yes. It's still a continuation. It's a, you know. But the but New Hope does have uh, some closure resolution. Yeah. There is absolutely no resolution. Actually, there's more uh, suspense at the end of volume one where Bill's like, does she know her daughter's alive or something? You know? I see your point. I still consider it a sequel just because... It has two. It ha- one, yeah, it does have two. <laughs> it does have the two. <laughs> Volume two. But I do feel like he broke it apart in a sense of why you, while you knew there was going to be a second one, the second one felt like its own movie at the same time. You know what I mean? The first one's kind of like the Oriental world, and the second one's kind of like a spaghetti well, western. We went yeah. Oriental at the very end. That's the true. crazy 88s. That's true. Yeah. I would of the first one. But okay, yeah. like so yeah. a way Which was a I like to scene. think of this, you could almost there's a you know, the very end excluding from this, but you could almost switch the order of this movie and it'd still be okay. You know what I mean? You could watch volume two first and then volume one. That kind of goes back to its whole they were supposed to be one movie thing. Yeah. It almost doesn't even matter what order the particular chapters are in you know necessarily to where beatrix is involved like how she winds up where but from getting from the hospital to the very end i feel like any of those events could have been swapped around just you know you have to change a few things but by the way embarrassing admission i've seen this this movie multiple times it had been a hot minute since i had seen it i did not realize that they were teasing us with her name because you know how in the first movie they bleep out her name and most of this movie they bleep out her name but bill every time he talks to her calls her kiddo yeah like that hit me so hard this time i was like god i'm a dumbass like (laughs) i had the same thing with uh maybe i'm reading too much into this but i had the same thing when the daughter's revealed at the end and her name's bb because it's beatrix and bill that kind of hit me i was like damn that's not a very creative name Really. Yeah. And I don't really like the name BB. Yeah, the only time BB I've ever heard only ever the only ever time I've heard BB as a name like as a nickname is because the fir- person's first name is B and the person's last name is B. You know what I mean? Like if I was Bill Burris, some you know, I might have the nickname BB. Or don't go, call me BB. Go by B B squared or B squared, something like that. I don't know. It's hip to B squared. <laughs> yeah. Or B B two B. <laughs> what? B2B. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> back to back. Yeah, this is I would say in terms of this movie versus the first one though, I still like the first one better, and I really do think it all comes down to the last like 40 minutes of the first movie when she fights the crazy 88 and then um 
oh, what's that actress's name? Lucy Liu. Yeah, Lucy Liu is incredible. It's so good. And I love the whole thing of like, he, they had to turn it black and white at one point to get the rating down. Yeah. And then the whole uh, like shadow fight through the curtains and stuff and like that. And the cartoon that. was cool with Lucy Liu's past. Oh, yeah. The anime kind of lean in. That was cool. Was Samuel Jackson in the first volume? No. Or is he just uh, the cameo? He, I think he was off to the side. I don't remember if they, because they you hear flashed his voice. the back. Yeah. You, you just hear don't his see voice. him because like, he was the piano man. Right. Because right. he's mm-hmm. Rufus. Rufus is the man. <laughs> if they came in Texas, I'd play with them. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. I would have enjoyed <laughs> I would have enjoyed Samuel Jackson singing. I don't like the opening of this. I had forgotten that this was the opening because I remember this being the trailer for the movie where she's in, the, in car, the car and it's her explaining everything that happens, which makes a great trailer. Like that was a fun trailer. I I didn't like it as the opening of the film. It felt too meta there was also a inconsistency in terms of uh you know uma thurman's hair i know that's not something i'm like important but it kind of bugged me once i realized she had different hair in the end of the movie i was like wait if she was on her way to the destination in the beginning did she stop and get a haircut naturally (laughs) you're gonna see bill it's been a while gotta get that haircut they had to film that scene years earlier when they knew how this movie would end. <laughs> yeah, extensions weren't a thing. Oh, that's a good question, though. Did it say when when you saw that it was two movies split up? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it was one movie split into two movies? Sorry. the uh, Did it say they filmed it all at once? Ooh, I actually don't know that. Hmm. Because I'm wondering if it got split before they started filming or if it was during filming they got told they need to split them. My impression was that it was his idea to make one long movie. So It might make didn't. sense why her hair was different. That might have been something they had to add. The If the, it was just a flow into the chapters, it wouldn't make any sense for that to just pop up in the middle of the movie. Oh, oh good point. that good is point. a good point. So they added that later. That was a post like reshoot thing. So I know they have the internet and we could probably find out for sure. The internet like is a lie, Peter. Yeah. Fake news. I'm, I convinced myself. I like that idea. Oh, you know that is no. That would make sense too. It it would also make sense because it it really just stands out. Like it doesn't flow with the rest of the movie, in my opinion, because it is both meta and fourth wall breaking, which the movie doesn't do. This is the only time it does it, as far as I'm can remember. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's interesting. But yeah. Uh, one thing that's nice about this movie is because it's broken into chapters, it makes the summary easy. real easy. Yeah. <laughs> so chapter six is uh, really chapter one. Or yeah. The pro prelude. Prelude. Yeah. This is an interesting thing too because it is most of this movie is almost a prequel, which makes it interesting because you get the whole Pi May training I as well as the hate that you hate that. Oh, oh, I hate that flashback. I love that flashback. It reminds me of those old uh, like '60s kung fu movies. I'm just annoyed because it's like she's buried still can we hurry this up it's about 20 minutes i'm just ready to get out of the ground <laughs> but you just didn't like the flashback no right? and we'll, he annoyed we'll, me we'll get to we that. will i do like this scene and this scene i love tarantino's dialogue in general it's yeah. really funny and really realistic yeah well it's it's like i forgot what the term is there's a term for it where it's it's realistic in the sense that it's characters saying what you wish you could say in that scenario. It's not like, so um, what's the guy who wrote in Social Network and you know West Wing? Uh, he's known for that really that same kind of dialogue where it's very realistic 
because it's not as melodramatic, but it's also not really what people say to each other on the day-to-day lives. It's slightly exaggerated, but still within that realm of believable. And that's what, yeah, I agree with you. Tarantino is just as good as it too. I also think Uma Thurman did a great job in this just acting wise, her and David Carradine's like kind of standoff outside the church. Really, really cool. I liked it. I like Uma Thurman. Yeah. yeah. I, part of the, the reason I don't like Tarantino is actually the dialogue. And I know. Oh, don't jump wow. Interesting. I, I guess it's the humor aspect. It's almost like he's, he's like really cocky about it. It's kind of in your face. I just don't really, it doesn't register with me as much. I didn't, not that I didn't find a single thing funny, but like, Overall, that tone that is used, I feel like in all of his movies. So I hate Bud. Click. I hate that actor, or just Bud just in this movie. The character Bud. I hate the character Bud. I hate the um, character the Ellie yeah, or L L or whatever. Hate her. So yeah, their interactions I I don't care for even when the dialogue was like written well. I did laugh at the you know you you, you pawned a Hattori Honda. So oh like, yeah, and that's priceless. Like, well, like, not in El Paso. Yeah, El Paso is worth two hundred fifty dollars. But um, yeah, I definitely think it de- it depends on the delivery too. So like, if you don't like the characters, it's harder to like the dialogue. No, yeah. Well, you bring up a good point with the characters. I think, like, if you look at them by themselves in this movie, they're not particularly like terrible for any reason. But if you compare them to even Vivian Fox's character, who's in the mo- first movie for maybe five minutes. Both her, Lucy Liu, are so much better in terms of antagonists that she goes up against. And then her, especially Vivian Fox, in retrospect, with her daughter in the house. Right. And then knowing that Beatrix had her daughter there the whole time. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. And it's it's weird because both Vivian Fox and Lucy Liu seemed more charismatic and just interesting while... Bud seemed just down and depressed. Yeah. And then I couldn't go for what, figure out what Elle was trying to do. Was she being like a sly person yeah, or just, she was all over the place for me. I couldn't pin her down of what like she was supposed to be. And they also didn't go into like, so she's obviously in love with Bill. Are they together? I guess. She's trying to fill the void. So... Would she have helped raise BB? It looks like it should have been something like that, but she's not mentioned. When yeah, that's what. Ah, that's yeah. something that kind of confused me about it, that whole situation. And with one eye, I just don't see that working <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs> you don't see it working out because the it's the eyeball. <laughs> but yeah, I actually really <laughs> like this first scene. Um, oh yeah, the the because in the first movie we don't see we just see the aftermath. And it's cool to see everything built up to it. Uh, Tension was palpable. Yeah, for sure. Especially because we knew the outcome. And we're like, oh my God, what is <laughs> going to happen? What was the name of this chapter? Um, oh, remember. the Tall Pines Massacre. Yeah, the Tall Pines Massacre. Oh, okay, then, okay, the name of the massacre, whatever yeah. they call yeah. it. Okay. Made me think of like the old DVD menus where you could like go and search yeah. oh, chapters yeah. and like yeah. choose what one you wanted to watch. Oh man, <laughs> I'm happy they don't have the animated DVD menus anymore. Those things were annoying. <laughs> Especially if you're deciding on what to watch and you just left one on for yeah. <laughs> like 30 yeah. minutes, just looping. I'm trying to think which one that was like really bad. It was either Harry Potter or it was like Shrek. It was Shrek because I remember Eddie Murphy's voice like. Make a decision, <laughs> like yelling at you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
You don't know what you want to watch? I'm like, oh my God. Like if someone had that on in the yeah. other room. Not this, Eddie. <laughs> I'm turning this off. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The with the massacre though, like her friends and what Tommy, the boy, guy she's gonna marry. Douchebag. Yeah, that that whole thing was kind of just like whatever. We're the only family she's ever gonna need, sir. Whatever. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, just my not main, a Tommy fan. Yeah, yeah, not a Tommy fan. Um, the main thing I liked from this whole scene was just because I forgot that you don't see Bill in the first movie yeah, at all. You just hear him. David Carradine's voice, and so this is like the first reveal. I'm not gonna lie, it's like a pretty cool intro for Bill. He's playing the like bamboo flute yeah. thing on the porch. You're just like, okay, this dude's mysterious. Yeah, she's like <laughs> walking to catch some, you know, breaths of fresh air, and she hears, and she's like, oh my god. It's Bill. It's That's Bill. the happiest, not that moment, but her at the rehearsal is the happiest I've ever seen Uma Thurman ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, she's yeah. never happy. That's in true. Yeah, nymphomaniac, she's uh, quite distressed. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I don't know. I, David Carradine, RIP, is just like, he's got swagger in this movie. And, like, I get the whole tone Tarantino was going for this because like you know David Carradine was famous for the Kung Fu TV show so like of course that all fits into this that style of like martial arts in a spaghetti western style but like oh, just their interactions like how they play off each other both in this and in the end scene when they're kind of having their final confrontation they did a really good job like chemistry wise like I believed that these people had history and like you know, we're emotionally attached to one another. It was just a really good scene. Like I liked, there's a couple shots of them, like Uma Thurman stepping forward and him stepping forward at the same time. Yeah. And it was just, it felt, it felt like they were about to duel while their conversation was lighthearted. Ooh, I would have liked to see quick draw, quick draw, quick draw Uma Thurman. Yeah. She'd be good with a revolver. I bet. I bet she's uh, better than Annie Oakley. (laughs) Some say the best in the land. <laughs> but I also, the I like this shot too of just how it pans out of them in the church and then you see the deadly vipers yeah, walking, walking up and cool. the last thing you hear is just Bill and then it's like, well, we know what happens. About eight seconds of gunshots and nothing. Oh, oof. pretty rough. And chapter seven. Chapter seven. I did write this one down. The Lonely Grave of Paula Schultz. Because correct me if I'm wrong, that's that Schultz is the name of the German in um, Django Unchained. Yes, and that's supposed to be like a, a nod to it, right? Or like in Django Unchained, the name Schultz is supposed to be a nod to the Kill Bill thing. Because like John, not being a Tarantino fan, I don't know if you know this, but like all of his movies are some in some way or another connected. Huh. I don't yeah. think I knew that he makes an, a cameo in each of his movies. Right? Dr. Like, King Schultz. Yeah. Dr. King Schultz. The, so he talked about it once. It's basically movies like Reservoir Dogs, uh, Pulp Fiction. Those all kind of take place in the same universe, like same world. Like those are all together. And then movies like Kill Bill uh, and Glorious Bastards and uh, are movies that would exist in that world. Hmm. Like the characters from Pulp Fiction would go see Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It's like a weird because there's like a theory that Tarantino has ne- has never officially denied is that Uma Thurman's character is played by 
the the character Uba Thurman played in Pulp Fiction. Does that make sense? Yes, it actually does. Because yeah. like she's supposed to be an actress, mm-hmm. and so like there's a theory that she's actually oh what's oh Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction is the actress who plays Beatrix Kiddo in the Kill Bill movie kind of thing. It's a mind warp. Just saying that like <laughs> I had, I like sparks are going off in my head of like I think I said that right like. <laughs> But that's, yeah, that's kind of a cool little nod. That's why I wrote that down, and I just started writing down the rest of the chapters. And is it lonely because it ends up being empty? Ooh. Ooh. Or she's just by herself, which is also lonely. But she's in a cemetery. By herself. With other dead people. Right, so she's lonely. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm very disappointed. I thought I landed this perfectly. Um. I want to understand why Bud goes from world-class assassin who's been trained by all these people, kills all these different people, is genuinely thought of as just a badass dude. He's now a bouncer at a strip club and, I guess, plumber, too. (laughs) They could use the bar rescue guy. Oh, 100%. By the way, My Oh My is not a great name for a strip club. No, it's not. Yeah. Is it weird that it made me think of... Chlamydia. My oh my. My oh my made me think of a diner. Like, huh. it'd be like a diner known for like its pecan pie yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? A damn fine cup of coffee. Yeah. And a great conversation. My oh my. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So I literally thought the same thing. And I was also thinking, man, I wonder how many people I've seen in weird ass jobs. And I have no idea what they did before. <laughs> <laughs> Like they might have been assassins. It's <laughs> like, oh man, I bet that you're going into like the CVS, the yeah. guy behind the counter. You're the like, guy that came and fixed my fridge. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, he could he could be a member of the Deadly Vipers or Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> They're casing your house. Yeah, I feel like this movie's teaching you a valuable life lesson. You know, you don't know what baggage people are bringing through the door. You really don't. Poor Tommy had no idea <laughs> what Uma Thurman was. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the the titty bar, as Bud so beautifully calls it, I like that he shows up late and just keeps walking around and being like, there ain't nobody here. To bounce. Yeah, it's like, like, I'm the bouncer. And there's nobody here <laughs> to bounce. <laughs> I love what the hat he's wearing is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But the, his boss doesn't bring it up to like the end of the conversation. He's like... And, what are you wearing? Like it's like <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's like wait, you didn't notice that thirty minutes ago when you walked in? Did you? Oh, speaking of noticing though, Peter, did you notice Devil Re- Devil's Reject yes, behind the, the bartender? Yeah, I feel like I saw one other cast member and I can't remember who it was, but uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, last when I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna bring him up. <laughs> He's a weirdo. I'm happy we didn't spend too much time at this titty bar. Same. But I also have to well, ask, we do why did we Dust go to the? Why did we go to the titty bar though? Um, so he could get fired. But he didn't get fired. He, he got. He got called. He got chewed out. Yeah. Then <laughs> yeah, I think I'll he, call you. Oh, I think he did pretty much get fired because he's like, "You're not coming in Monday either." Or <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You working tomorrow?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "No, you're not. You don't even know when you work." He's like scratching oh, off look, the schedule. Here's uh Wednesday. You know, here you are. Oh no, no, you're not there. Oh yeah. Oh, here you are on Thursday. No, you're not. <laughs> no, but yeah, that scene was a little pointless. Yeah. Ultimately, was it to just maybe it was to show that he needed money because then he tries to sell L the samurai sword a little bit later. I don't, I don't know. It, it it felt like it was trying to characterize him, but it didn't really do a good job. It just made me wonder why he's in this situation. 
if he's a world class assassin, like go assassinate somebody. <laughs> like he chose this life. It seems I did like the conversation between him and Bill. Oh yeah, Bill. before we go to the titty bar, yeah, that is a. I, I like really like that. But then the rest of this scene could go uh, fuck itself. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. Cool, because yeah, in their initial talk, that's where we get the great you hawked a Hattori Hanzo sword, and then. And it's like, we deserve to die. You know, she deserves her revenge. We deserve to die, and so does she, which is true. Yeah, which is what I'll bring up towards the end of the movie, come back to that. I also want to ask you guys a quick question. What was Bud wearing around his neck? Is it like a razor blade? Did you guys notice this? Am I the only one who... I was couldn't stop was staring at necklace. it. necklace. I just... It looked like a razor blade on a chain, like like a double-edged one, like on those old-school uh, razors. Like, why would you wear that? Maybe as a bouncer, he he dealt with some pretty uh, cool customers. But you're having a a blade against your... I feel like it's... I don't know. That's just something that bothered me. If I'm the only one that noticed, I guess. I don't care. Well, you do have a neck thing, so... I do have a neck thing, yeah. Yeah, I still am just kind of whatever. I do like the ninja fail. I I just called it ninja fail. Yeah, she opens and just... Yeah, just Uma Thurman under the house and the mask, like, pops out. Swings open the door, two to the chest, just... <laughs> that that made me laugh. They even did like the old school movie thing of like she goes flying like at least like 10 15 feet. <laughs> Some of those things I like and and did make me laugh. Yeah. The exaggerated like like that yeah, they, shot. Yeah, yeah, the wackiness of the fighting wackiness. is always fun. Oh man. I like that. <laughs> I liked him like taunting her. He did a pretty good job of that like weird taunt of like Ain't nobody a badass with two rounds of, uh, of rock salt. salt yeah, whatever. rock salt in their tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like being nice. as I don't have tits, I have to ask. <laughs> and I don't want to know. Oh, man. Yeah, that was pretty good. This is a pretty messed up way to kill somebody, too, that he's going to bury him alive. I feel like that would be one of my worst fears or like worst ways to die. Oh, yeah. Alive. I, I can't decide what I'm more afraid of. Well, like one of my deepest fears is to wake up and I'm in an insane asylum and everyone thinks I'm crazy and I'm like not able to leave. Like that's a, I don't know why, but that is like a deep seated fear I have. Mark, who are you talking to? Click <laughs> up. Oh no. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like legitimately, I think, being buried alive would probably top that. That's that's a terrible way to that would go. Suck. He's so <laughs> helpless. Like, did, did any of you yeah, ever see hearing the ground? Oh big yeah. put on your box. <laughs> well, that was a great way. This was filmed of like when you see her inside the box and you hear the dirt and like you felt like you were in there. It was pretty like scary. <laughs> did either of you ever see that Ryan Reynolds movie where he's buried alive? I know it's buried you're alive. About. Is it just <laughs> called buried or buried or something? Like I'm pretty sure. I think it's called buried. I never He's saw stepping it. Stepping out into the world of, of drama. <laughs> no, I didn't. Van see Wilder it. in buried. buried. <laughs> in puss. Oh god. Wait. <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah. Van Wilder. <laughs> oh, but like just the sound effects of the dirt hitting the ground and everything. It it was just very well done. And turns black and white. When we were in there, did it? I couldn't tell if it was that or yeah. the flashlight. Oh, okay. I mean, the, it was black and white, even with the flashlight. Yeah. From here, though, we go to uh, Hattori Hanzo. No, we don't. It's Pai Mei. Pai yeah, Mei. chapter JK, eight. Other guy. So I have some <laughs> questions about Pai Mei, because if, if you may, if I may, in the beginning 
of this chapter, we get to see Bill playing that playing that flute like a mofo. That's a smooth dude. He's like the Pied Piper. Yeah. Of assassins. Yeah. Well, someone pointed out in one of the Reddit comments that it makes sense he plays the flute because he's the snake charmer. Uh, okay. Because yep. that was his call sign. He was I, I was snake like, it's got to mean something. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> you did it. Why listen all, to this? You just go on Reddit. Yeah, we can all go home now. <laughs> but he tells the story that I want to see this movie, by the way, this kung fu ridiculous movie. Yeah, the Shaolin. Oh, uh, yeah, the sh- of Pai Mei fighting a temple full of Shaolin monks because uh, one of them didn't nod at him as he walked by. There is a movie, it's Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> That's a fun movie, though. I've seen that. <laughs> Do you remember the cartoon Shaolin Monks? Maybe not Maybe Saturday not. morning cartoon. It was pretty cool. Okay, I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Wait, Let's what? continue with Pai Mei. <laughs> <laughs> My question, though, with Pai Mei is when Bill's telling the story, he says in the year 11 double odd three or something, or like one double odd three. So, like, is Pai Mei like a thousand <laughs> years old? Or did I misunderstand what Bill was saying in terms of what year this happened? I don't remember him saying that, but maybe uh, it's making fun of like the old kung fu master who's just like an immortal ancient kind of yeah. dude. I don't, I don't know. Because that threw me being... off when he said that. I was like, "Wait, what? How old is Pai Mei?" Because <laughs> well, this whole next bit, I guess, is like kind of making fun of those types of movies. So maybe, or, yeah, no yeah, homage. his age is about a thousand years old. Where are you seeing that on the uh, Kill Bill wiki? Oh, there's a Kill Bill wiki. Yeah, nice. born before. Uh, 1,003, death, before 2,000. So he did say 1,003. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That that Pi May. How, I know how he ends up dying, but how do they know the year that happened? That's What? Because the movie, the movie came out in 2003, four, three? Yeah, so before 2000. So four. L or whatever Yeah, L killed, killed him, him before 2004 or three. I just didn't know she put a time frame on it. Well, so we... <laughs> I don't remember that. It's timestamp. Well, yeah, I mean, so she was um, unconscious for four years, and then the first time we see Ellie or Elle or whatever, she only has one eye, so... Right, um, when they're in the hospital. She didn't have one eye, it looked like, when she came and killed her at the wedding. It didn't, I, I thought she had one eye. I didn't see the patch, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I'm really good at that. <laughs> but yeah, either way, this guy is fucking old. He real old. I also am disappointed because like, so Bill goes up the steps to talk to him and comes back down all beat up. So they clearly had a fight. I kind of wanted to see that fight. I'm a little bummed we never really got to see David Carradine fight. But probably because you couldn't see him fight. Because he's old? Yeah. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> I liked this Pymate training montage, Peter. Okay. I, I know you said you didn't. Yeah, I did. But not. I just thought it was fun. Like Pymate's crazy speech. He's very racist. Hates Japanese people. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just like I liked the logic of he puts her in that weird arm trap thing, and then the next training he's like, "Since that arm's mine, I want it strong." <laughs> <laughs> I. Punches that hole in the giant block of wood. My frustration, I guess, is we know she makes it out of there. I just wanted to get back to the story. This movie is long. This movie is long. It's two hours and some change. Yeah, and this part is long. It is. I will say it is long. 
Uh, I do. I laughed because like the punching the wall thing over and over. Yeah. I loved it when it shows her like sleeping and she's like spazzing and she wakes up and punches the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she's you know like struggling to eat rice and stuff. And yeah, and she's slowly earning Pyme's yeah approval. Oh shock! I liked. All I could think of though was, did you ever see those old videos of Bruce Lee doing his one inch punch, where he could he'd have a guy stand in front of him and he'd put his hand like up like the block of wood chest. up against his chest like that and do a quick punch into his sternum and it put the guy through a chair like that was set up behind him his fist would hold his heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah not that extreme <laughs> his family got a lot of insurance for that oh man but that's all i could think of it was just that like one inch bruce lee punch was like aha <laughs> tiny fists of fury did you like this part john this was an example of the humor not catching not with me. With I, I not particularly. No, I like the crouching tile, tile crouching, crouching tile. tiger hidden, hidden dragon <laughs> style of like fighting in their first encounter though, where he like jumps on top of the sword and stuff. I like the fighting scenes. That was cool. And it, does Uma Thurman do her own? Any of her? She does. Dino? She did a lot of her stunts for this. She actually got hurt in a stunt in this movie, and she was very upset about it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, in the driving scene. Yeah. The uh, it's the one in Mexico though. The she did most of her stunts, and then the stunt she didn't do is um. Oh shoot! I'm trying to think of. Did you ever see Death Proof? Yes. You know the the stunt woman in Death Proof, the blonde one. That's is her stunt double. Yeah, is, is, was Uma Thurman's stunt double, and she's done a lot of stunt work. Uh, but yeah, Uma Thurman did a lot of it. Uh, impressive. It was impressive. You can kind of tell in that scene that she was doing most of it, too, because of just like how scrawny but muscular she was in most of those scenes. She looked great. No, she looked great. I'm not like criticizing. I'm just being like she was legitimately like she looked like she had lived that situation. And she had just taught herself to walk again too, not too long Move ago. Move your big toe. toe. Yeah. Wake up, your yeah. big toe. Tell myself that every morning when I wake up. When you get into your uh, <laughs> pussy wagon. <laughs> oh man, I don't think. Do you think you could drive around in this day and age with a truck that says pussy wagon on the back? Yeah, because it refers to a Tarantino movie, but that's it. That's it? Yeah, you can't do it if it wasn't in there already. Oh, I thought you were going to go Trump's America joke. <laughs> oh. Oh. I read your joke wrong. Whoa, I'm not political, guys. I'm politically agnostic. I know Whoa. politics are out there, but I don't believe in it. <laughs> I choose not to believe. Oh, man. Okay, so anyway, Pi May. Uh, obviously, this was this Pyme montage though is all just to uh, get her out of the ground to show how she breaks out of the coffin and, and at punches the end of through. The movie. True. Oh, how that's she true. Ends up killing spoilers. Bill. Spoilers. Oh yeah, because we, we don't s- see her do. That no, but it's, it's referenced when He's, Bill's telling the story. He says Pyme used the five point palm finger death punch. Yeah. Whatever. Well, we know she gets trained by Pyme, and that. This part, at least, is showing her do the punch that she had practiced the punch in the montage to get out. Right. And we didn't see her uh, do the training for the... Well, she, he didn't train anybody to do that. Right. was part of the story. Yeah. Do you think... Like, in all honesty, do you think that was too much of a giveaway that that was going to be important? Yeah. Because, to be honest, the first time I saw it, I feel like I didn't remember it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? When it actually happens. Well, yeah, because it's an hour and a half later when that comes back. (laughs) Yeah, enough time goes by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so, obviously, she breaks out of 
coffin. Yeah, yeah. That scene's funny with the diner. The guy in the diner looking. I at a crazy. That's one of my. That's one of my favorite shots of the movie. Is her crossing that street because the dust is. She's like waddling because she's barefoot. She's like just pig pen from. Yeah, and just sits down. And I like how she's very polite. She's like, I would like a glass of water, please. That was funny. Cut. Chapter eight. Chapter nine. Chapter nine and a nine eight and a half. It's Ellie and I. It's, so in chapter nine, um, <laughs> is Bud wearing the? Does he have like red cowboy boots or something on? Because um, I, I wrote down in my notes on this chapter that cowboy boots with red flames pulling them off. <laughs> 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 I don't remember who was wearing them. I think. Oh, I think she was. Oh, I think it's Ellie wearing. Uh, I think Elle's wearing them, right? I don't remember. But I do remember. Boots. I remember the boots. But I'm trying to think. Who John's was wearing foot them. fetish really coming in clutch there. <laughs> pulling them. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh but Ellen Bud have like a weird conversation. And like in we we've been talking about how awesome the dialogue's been in this movie. This is the main conversation in the movie that I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well yeah, it's the two most least interesting characters. Because he's asking her about like whether she's filled with is it remorse? Regret or relief. Relief or regret. And she's like, regret. And it's like, I'm filled with regret that I didn't get to kill her myself. And like, that's not okay. the question. But And they both end up dying anyway. So it's, it's kind of... Uh, well, Ellie yeah. is still alive. I do like how Bud goes out. This was pretty clever. Because I didn't see it coming the first time I saw this. Uh, of um, just like... Because Bud's going to sell her the sword for a million dollars or whatever. And uh, he opens the br- the suitcase full of money and like takes a few off, and then there's a black mamba. Shit. Bites him like five times. Which when I think black mamba, I think Kobe Bryant because that's <laughs> oh my that's his nickname is the black mamba. Oh yeah. So. Oh, that was one of the notes I wrote I down. Don't watch but, sports, but I couldn't rem- <laughs> I couldn't remember why I wrote it when. Back a second ago when Pai Mei, in the Pai Mei flashback, he tosses the sword up in the air and just makes it into the rack. I wrote down Kobe. And until this <laughs> moment, I couldn't remember why I wrote Kobe. This is the Black Mamba. <laughs> yeah, but then we learned some fun snake facts. You know, Yeah, she per- just went to the snake Wikipedia page. She's like, some cool Black Mamba facts. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> they're not... I was hoping she'd get more like deep into their, you know, what like, they mean philosophically or spiritually and religions or something. Or maybe they're like, you know, their travel patterns, oh, yeah. their their living environment, their their what is it when shedding of the skin, you know, how how many times they do that. I don't know. Interesting facts Mating that keep rituals. me whole. <laughs> maybe how much exercise they need a day. <laughs> do they make good good pets like <laughs> obviously poor conversationalists. <laughs> Unless it's Kobe. Yo, I don't why are you like... stuffing me in a suitcase? <laughs> what? I don't get the reference. <laughs> you don't remember when they put Kobe Bryant in a suitcase? <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't. One thing that bothered me, though, with this scene is the fact that, so, like, the snake kills Bud and everything, and she's, like, packing Pity. up the money. But she's just letting the snake, like, wander around. Yeah. You just talked about how the snake bite of a black mamba is 100% fatal. And you're just willy-nilly being like, oh, I, sorry, excuse me, snake. Let me get by you here. It's trained. It's it's trained not to attack her. Not to attack well, her. Well, that's the point when you see it just kind of standing there against Beatrix, right? Just like, <laughs> it's, it's looking at the black mamba. 
Black Mamba to Black Mamba yeah. kind of thing. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I liked this next fight, though, with Ellie and um, and Beatrix now, because we now know her name's Beatrix Kiddo. Really weird shot. When they're calling roll call. But oh, I feel like that's a thing only Tarantino could do to make it, like, because it's him, it's not as shocking, but it's still pretty like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, because when also when she's watching Elle go into the trailer for, like, a minute... And we get the 30 seconds just on her eyes going like that. For 30 seconds. Yeah, it's just a lot of that. Yeah. Ow. But like, I just like that the fight, because it's taking place in a trailer, they they really like point out the size of it because she can't get the sword yeah. out, like keeps hitting the walls, and <laughs> they, they just keep running into destroy that place. Trash it. <laughs> yeah, because there's like no room to move. So anytime they're pushed, they're going through like four things. And then all the sweet reveal that he did and pawn off his sword. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I, I feel like the engraving kind of ruins the sword. So yeah. maybe he couldn't get it. No, it's just hot. like getting a first edition, I don't know, Charles Dickens book or something and your aunt wrote a note on the front oh you're like, like oh, ruined come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like getting a really cool backpack but then it has your initials monogrammed in on the back monograms suck <laughs> hey i had i had monograms they put your one. last name in the middle oh i don't have that mine just is meb oh because your parents med. are intelligent oh <laughs> but you know what i'm saying the new monogram stuff yeah the last name is the largest that's, letter that's in the, the middle way you're supposed to do it. it's dumb i don't yeah i don't track that either but so anyway, this, this fight, fight is cool. This fight is cool. And then cool. she Very asks, cool. like, what you said to get your... <laughs> this is, like, the most melodramatic part of the movie, in my yeah. opinion, of, like, how it's delivered. And I can't tell if it's Daryl Hannah's fault of how she delivers it. I blame her. Or if it's the just dialogue and the, like, tone that they film it in. Because it's weird. It's and all then around like, weird. Then I killed them. And then Uma Thurman's like, <gasps> That's right. I killed your master. Because she's not that scary. No, she's not. And the fact that she could do that is dumb. Yeah. But it's cool because they cross swords for like two seconds and then immediately plucks her eye out. I like that she doesn't kill her. She just plucks the yeah. eye out and leaves her there. With her yelling, You bitch, I'm coming to find him getting you. I do not like the barefoot squishing the eyeball. Yeah. Could have done without was, that. Uh, yeah. Like also, did anyone else just wiggle their toes? Just to, like the thought of it, they're like, Ooh. Ooh, it feels like grapes. <laughs> wiggle your big toe. <laughs> did you not think she was dead though? I mean, like, how's she gonna find? I mean, she's going to die, but she's not dead. Well, she, yeah, she's. We don't know how she's going to die, but most likely she's gonna die. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she had a phone. I mean, she did. Well, she did. She called Bill. I think, you know. I think they get service out there. Oh, I guess Buddy was talking on the phone. Well, yeah, she called Bill and said, Bill, Beatrix is dead. If you want to see her, she's at the grave of Paula Schultz. Sorry. (laughs) It was a very weird phone call. I'm surprised Bill would have believed that to be like, ooh, she lit a black mamba loose in Bud's trailer. Like, where is she going to get a black mamba? Um, I, I don't know. I feel like he didn't. I don't think he believed her just because of how he acts towards her at the end of the movie. Like, it, it's weird. I think he... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But after that fight, though, is it this... Does it go into chapter... T- the last chapter? Yeah, no, yeah, it does. Because yeah. it's her leaving. It's Isn't it just called the final the fi- chapter? Yeah, the last... Chapter. The yeah. final chapter? The, the thing. It's the final chapter. And then chapter. we go and we <laughs> talk to the guy. 
It's like the final, yeah, last chapter, final confrontation or something like that. This is another weird thing, a lot like the titty bar scene of just. Well, I'm not going to hate on Esteban, the man she talks to. Cause I like es- that actor. I like that actor. I like this conversation. Esteban might should have been the next Dosa Keys man. Just saying. That's what I was thinking. He's messed up. <laughs> he is. Though, because he's like, if I was you, I'd cut your face or whatever. And then we see later the girl, you know, and her lips have been cut. And after she's, after she's drooling, oh, no, implying yeah. he's did that to her. Like, he's a messed up dude. I also remember watching this movie being completely tricked by the build-up to Esteban. To Esteban. 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 The... She's explaining like what he is, and he's like a pimp, and then he has an army called the oh, it's the Kuno Kuno boys that are the sons of his prostitutes by various people, I imagine, and they run Akuna. So I thought it was gonna be like the crazy eighty eight. I thought they were gonna uh, be protecting Bill, hmm. so she was gonna have to fight the Akuna boys like she fought the crazy eighty eight. <laughs> no. Get them boys. We just get right through get the front door. Get them boys. <laughs> no, they're yeah. not grown up yet, maybe. Yeah, but I liked Esteban's swagger. He was, uh, he was a, it was like, it's weird to describe a scene as both pointless yet fascinating. Because <laughs> their conversation was really cool. But all in all, this scene didn't need to be there. It yeah. literally could have been she just goes to his house. And his Esteban just saying how attractive she was half the conversation, I feel like. He did have a cool cigarette holder, though. Oh, yeah. Like Carilla DeVille. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is like that is the Deville kind of thing. It's a little shorter. Yeah, but so after their conversation though, it's all just to get the location of Bill's yeah hacienda. She asks him where's Bill, and then we have a meandering five minute conversation, conversation, and then he's like, "Well, she goes so anyway, where's Bill?" And he's like, "Oh, Bill, right, right. <laughs> he's hacienda. He's at the end of the road. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> cool." Bye, Esteban. I mean, I like the actor a lot, Rip. Um, oh, yeah. Said he's dead. He's really cool. But yeah, this scene. He was another staple of Tarantino movies and Kevin, um, Smith. And Kevin Smith movies. That was yeah. one of the, like, bridges. Sad. One of the Jeff Bridges. One of who's the. also in Tarantino movies. Ooh. One of the Leon Bridges, whose music is <laughs> also. <laughs> is not in any of those. <laughs> I tried. This is. This is the scene we were talking about, though. This, so John, have you been following any of that? Um, is a part of the whole Me Too movement stuff with different directors and things being accused. Quentin Tarantino got some flack for um, what he did to Uma Thurman in these Kill Bill movies that finally came to light. Like one of them is literally after she leaves here, you see her driving down like a Mexico road, like pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And so apparently, the road they were driving on had been scouted prior, but something happened and they had to go the opposite way down the road, which hadn't been scouted out, but they figured it'd be the same on both sides and it wasn't and something happened and the car flipped and she got in a really bad accident. And then there was another thing, I couldn't quite understand what scene it was in, but there was like a scene where Uma Thurman gets like spit on or something and uh, Tarantino like volunteered to like do that scene to like help Uma Thurman get into it. I, it was a whole weird thing. Was it not the bud spitting on her? Oh, I think it was. It was the bud spitting on her thing, but I couldn't remember how that was resolved. If Uma Thurman came out and said no, that was something we had talked about, or if that was still 
a up in the air of whether he crossed a line. Yeah, I'm not surprised Tarantino is a lot like Mel Gibson and wants to get his hands dirty in his <laughs> movies. But uh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> you know those nails that went in the coffin? Those were Quentin Tarantino's hands, just like Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Crucified my lord on film. <laughs> Very symbolic. I hated when that that fact came out about the passion, where it was just like, you know that scene where they crucified? That was Mel Gibson's hands. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. So Mel Gibson's comparing himself to Christ? That's cool. Wait, <laughs> no, that, no, no one else wanted to crucify the hands. No one else wanted to put the nails through. Mel's like, I'll do it. I'll do it for the crew. I still don't understand how Jim Caviezel, after being struck by lightning twice in that movie, was like, no, 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 this is a good idea. Let's keep filming this. <laughs> Nobody's mad about this. <laughs> well, nothing's happened to him since. Good point. He did that weird movie, um, The Winning Season. or the, It's about that high school football team that was undefeated for like 12 years and then they finally lost. <laughs> huh. It was, it was an inspirational story. Christian school. Naturally, facing the Giants. No. Courageous. (laughs) I'll I'll say facing Giants makes that movie I just described look like an Oscar winner. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Facing Giants. Oh. So. Sorry. (laughs) What a weird weird tangent. We We finally get to Bill's house, and we're getting ready for the final confrontation. I'd like to point out that multiple times in this movie, people have been very cool with somebody walking around with a samurai sword strapped to their back. Doesn't bat an eye. Everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. Here's your room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Like, I'm pretty sure in the first movie when she flies to Japan, she has, like, the, the sword next to her on the plane. How did TSA allow that? They took my toenail clippers. They're going to let her carry a katana on the plane? Well, you know, uh, you try taking a, a Dory Hanzo sword off of its <laughs> owner. <laughs> uh, but I... So this final, like, confrontation, she sneaks into the house... Like getting ready, like I guess to just shoot Bill if she sees him, sees BB, the big reveal. Bang, mommy! What so, a heartbreaking way to learn about your daughter. Well, so this is my thing. At the end of the first film, they tell the audience they do the whole "Does she know her daughter's still alive?" and that's how the first movie ends. And it's like a pretty powerful punch at the end of that first movie. But I'm wondering now if it would have been better for them not to reveal that at all. And so you would have experienced that reveal with Uma Thurman? Because like you just said, John, like that's a horrible way to find out your daughter's alive. And it was a great scene. It was a great scene. Yeah. It was very hard to watch. A lot of emotions. Yeah. I was just thinking if I was a world-class assassin and I was killed by my lover and then I found out my kid was alive and then I went to kill my lover and then my kid is there, that's exactly how I would <laughs> have reacted. <laughs> I liked the I liked that whole she played along with the gunfight thing and it was really adorable. It was <laughs> Bill being a dad. What the hell? It, not only that, a good dad. Ish. He's a little but like weird. I mean, like but what father weird. isn't right? But I mean, like he's like very honest. He was he's he see he wasn't like secretly train or as far as we know, like training her hardcore to be like some new killer assassin. Yeah, but. That whole dead goldfish kind of thing. Yeah, how would you have but, handled the dead goldfish? No, Sue, I think I know why he told that story, though. Because, so, you know, he's telling the story of the dead goldfish, of, you know, she took the goldfish out of the bowl, she stepped on it, 
and killed it and understood what she had done. I think she brought that up because the next little story montage he does with her is all about how she was a born killer. And so I think he did it intentionally to connect him to be like, she's just like you. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was intentional in terms of That's Bill's cold. strategy. That's probably true. But it's still scary, though. Oh, it is still scary. Yeah, I wrote that down of daughter might be psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, watching Shogun Assassins. But that's that's too long. That's too long of a movie, BB. No, it's not. Yeah, it's only 85 minutes. It's a lot shorter than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot shorter than the weight at Shogun, am I right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to let that one marinate. Yeah. So I'm let that one being marinate. a uh, franchise hibachi restaurant. Chain. Are they still open? Out of curiosity, I haven't seen yeah. them in a while. It's like them and Fuji and that place we went to for my birthday was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was called. Neither do I. Something something hibachi. Anyway, <laughs> I liked that scene though good of um, you see when they're watching the movie and she's like leaving after BB falls asleep. Like you see the picture that she's had of her the yeah. whole time. She like leaves her the necklace and stuff like that. It was a very sad. I was like. I don't know how this is going to end. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you felt like there was going to be consequences now. This next scene, though, in my opinion, has ups and downs. Like, there's some really cool parts of this in terms of, like, the conversation and everything. And the other parts, I'm like, uh... Like, the intro to it, I did not like. But I can't think of a better way they could have done it of where she's, like, coming downstairs and he's doing the whole, like, so I guess the idea is we'll cross Hanzo swords on the beach in the moonlight or at sunrise if you want to be like classical and then she makes like a run for the sword and he shoots the couch or whatever and all that like it felt chunky you know what i mean felt awkward but i guess that situation would be awkward i mean yeah (laughs) just kind of showing he was in control the whole time i guess i guess yeah i didn't really the truth the truth serum serum thing felt out of nowhere yeah I understand its point, but it felt out of nowhere. And I do like I the didn't conversation. Think he was a scientist. That, yeah, and I, the like the conversation that happens with it is really good, but it felt like such a weird plot point to just throw in. But he had to, he did have a good lead in going. You don't trust me, and I don't trust you, which we know. So the only way around that is uh, something ten times more potent than sodium pentothal. With none of those druggy after effects. Exactly. I did like the, with one side effect, a sudden wave of euphoria. Do you feel it? <laughs> and her just being like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> yeah, that was, like I, like we said at the beginning, it's they have a really good give and take, like a back and forth that's just solid. Well, they've done that before, that, that old give and take dance, haven't they? Oh. That's how BB's here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be the the person that I am if I don't bring up the comic book speech. Yeah, I know. I was actually, this is the, I was going to say the reason you picked this movie, even though you it's say not, it's because it just happened. It's not the reason. You forgot, but I think this is no, the reason. Like, subconsciously. It, it's interesting. I see this speech get thrown up on like the sub, the comic subreddits a lot. And some people like destroy it. And some people are like, this guy gets it. I, I don't know. It's a little bit of both, but it's a lot of people aren't understanding that, the context of it of just 
because like a lot of people will hear the speech of the whole you know like superman was born superman unlike all the other superheroes and then people try to do the whole like well batman died with his parents and you know bruce wayne's the mask like that's not the fucking point like (laughs) did you not hear the like the point he was making was superman was born superman like nothing happened to him to make him superman he's just superman yeah that's a terrible point like so maybe child bruce wayne died with his parents but like batman's not the real bruce wayne but like it's the same thing. Like yeah. people do the Peter Parker is like the real, or Spider Man's the real version of Peter Parker, and Batman's the real version of Bruce Wayne. Kind of psychology argument. But it's still it's negating. Not good. It's still negating the arg- argument that David Carradine's proposing in this speech, right. which is that Superman is Superman. Superman. Clark Kent yeah. is the identity he had to form to protect himself. Yeah. So he has to appear weak. Right. And like that's one of the things that I loved the most was that he points out and it's something I never really thought about was that Clark Kent isn't just a way of hiding, it's actually a critique on how he views humanity. And that's really crazy Man, to think about. We're all just a bunch of 9 to 5 cucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a very cool speech, and I feel like Tarantino is very outspoken that he hates comic books, like superheroes and stuff. Like he's very outspoken about that shit, and I think it's interesting he would throw this speech in there, and it's pretty insightful in terms of a comic book analysis. So I don't know, it's just it's something a part of this movie that always stood out to me. But I, again, I really like this conversation because it all brings him to the point of that she's like Superman in that she was always born to be a killer like nothing happened to her that all of a sudden made her a killer she's just born that way she'd wake up every day as beatrix and have to put on the costume of i forgot her alias that she was when she was getting married the bride the bride (laughs) but again like i said because that point still fits with what she was talking what he was pointing out with bb's story of killing the fish i think that was intentional play of like you know, he was setting up that point of people are born a certain way. So BB's going to be like her parents. I think you're right. Still, I don't know if that was the best fatherly advice to give in that moment. I mean, talking about death. Not well, to put myself in the same situation, but I definitely have, in my in my youth, cut worms in half just to see what would happen. Oh yeah, well, there's like a level of curiosity I think kids all have. Like I did stuff like that too, well, but then she, she didn't have concept of life and death which was also part of the point yeah right but now she does i don't know those are also early signs of a serial killer no that's you have to torture multiple animal animals uh you have to you know what no it goes from animals to light stalking to hardcore stalking to usually like Mm -hmm. some other sort of crime (laughs) and then it's murder yeah Mm. One thing I would like to point out, though, about how Bill interacts with BB is I got to give him credit for how honest he is about what happened between him yeah. and mommy. He said he shot mommy. Yeah, he's like, like he we were to doing. See what happened? Like, I knew what would happen. Yeah, I knew what would happen. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. a conversation she will never forget. Well, it's it makes me wonder if she's just like how all this is shaken out when she realizes that mommy killed daddy this time, if she'll be more okay, if she'll be okay with it. You know what I mean? She might not even know. She might not have to know. 
I don't know. It's weird. That's something that's something I'll bring up in a second. But after the serum wears off, we get the pregnancy story of like why she all of a sudden decided to leave the life and hide from Bill, which this is kind of a fun scene of the like they keep reading the box over and over. They're like, okay, pee on this end, wait 30 seconds for instant results. <laughs> like her waiting around in the bathroom. Uh, it's kind of a quick, pretty quick fight scene. She was saved by dropping that box, though, too. Shotgun straight through the door. What's her, the person's Annie Kim or something that she fights? Gets that weird standoff that you guys were quoting earlier of the, like, I'm better than Annie Oakley. Yeah, she's like, are you good with that? Oh, that, yeah, she's like, shotgun. I don't have to be from this range, but I'm a fucking surgeon with this shotgun. I like that the entire time, because when she first breaks in, like the woman comes in with a shotgun, and with Thurman throws the knife, and she blocks it with the, the butt, the butt yeah. of the gun, and then it's in the butt of the gun the whole scene. Like, I kept looking at it. <laughs> it was funny. I like the, just like her struggling to read the box. Like, I don't know what any of this shit means. <laughs> they bonded as women in that moment. They did. Another really cool shot of this movie, though, too, is just the um, her the assassin or whatever going through the door and then the door closing, and you could still see her through the blown out hole in the shotgun. Just the congratulations, <laughs> she just runs away. <laughs> I don't know, it's fun. And then he just brings us back to the final showdown. Yeah, and his thing is like, I overreacted. That's such a good line of just the. Um, I thought such and such had killed you or somebody else. Yeah, and, he's and a when I found out, bastard. Yeah, it's like so. I I overreact. Her reaction was it mine too. <laughs> was like, what? You overreacted, and that's coming from a killer. Yeah, I have a theory I want to propose to you guys here too. Oh, I accept. From the start of when he shoots her in the leg with the serum, he has not stopped drinking. Like he's just doing those shots of tequila. I think. He wanted to die. I think he was legitimately letting, like, lowering himself. Not that, he, you know, she couldn't have done it without him drinking. I'm just saying, like, I think I, on rewatching this, I think that he was preparing himself to die. Like, he had accepted he's going to die. Like, letting his guard down. Yeah. I mean, definitely makes sense when he goes, how do I look? And she says, you ready. look ready. Yeah. Like, cause I didn't notice how much he was drinking until then. Cause he tells the, when she gets done with the story, I forgot what he, she asks, but he's just like, Oh, sorry. Was that a question? Um, like he has to think and he's like emptying the bottle out. It's like, Oh, he's been drinking this entire time. So just an interesting theory. I'd like to I'd throw out there that it's a little bit I intentional. <laughs> I thought it, it added to their dynamic a little bit. You know what I mean? And it reminded me of the his conversation with Bud, of Bud being like, we deserve what's going to happen. And maybe it's just Bill kind of accepting that, too. It's interesting. I guess if he was to get killed by anybody, he'd probably want it to be her, I would yeah, think. For sure. Oh, it's interesting. And then, yeah, I like this just quick, like, it's a couple quick sword strikes and then she's able to like swivel that sword around and then just Yeah, she puts it in her own, own sheath. sheath. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. That, that was, was cool. pretty nifty. And then just the quick five palm <laughs> Yeah. Five finger palm death Pime. Pime strike. <laughs> I like after she does it, just like it's he has that reaction of like, oh, that really hurt. But it's then it's just them sitting there both understanding what just happened. I love that. Like she's immediately really sad. 
And then he's just kind of like, oh, wow. So he taught you that move. Pretty cool. <laughs> so my question, so it takes five steps to kill you. Mm-hmm. If you just had a hover around ready, do you think you would ever die? I think the five steps, overanalyzing this, by the way, you know, uh, I'm going to throw on my scientist hat. Oh, okay. It doesn't fit very this well. This movie applies science very oh, yeah. readily. It's a very poorly fitting science yeah. hat. Um, <laughs> I believe the five steps is more along the lines of the amount of blood that would circulate through you in those five steps. So any amount of movement that would cause that level of circulation okay. would, you know. Because he seemed fine and talking up until he started, you know, doing the walk. I thought that was interesting, too. I, I expected it and to like blow up or something. <laughs> <laughs> that based, would be based, crazy. Based on how this movie was. But I thought it would be like, some exaggerated, <laughs> you know, heart bursting, literally blowing up. Now I'm just thinking of the scene from Tropic Thunder where the director blows up yeah. on the mine. And they're like, oh, this is special effects. good special effects. He's licking the... Oh, man, that's gross. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's such a funny way for this movie to end. It's really dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it was really good until he exploded. Until <laughs> Bill exploded. Really took me out. She was just covered in his blood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, but yeah, the music the music was pretty good. Well, the movie was pretty, or the music was pretty awesome throughout, except for the what we talked about the. Oof, but yeah. So with Bill finally dead, she takes BB and and runs, gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, goes to that motel, and it's interesting. She's like, I think this is a. Uh, relief is it a relief cry she's not filled with regret the r she's filled with is relief it's finally i think she was mourning bill a little bit there i think she was but also the fact that it's over like no one she's killed everyone that would come after her no one's coming she and her baby are safe i think you guys just demonstrated the the struggle that l had earlier in the movie with choosing between relief and regret Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to masticate on that. Yeah, BB's just watching cartoons. She's just kind of oblivious to this whole thing. Yeah, she's a little weird. I think she's on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she wasn't asking where's dad, you know. Mom, why are you crying in the bathroom with a stuffed animal? We just didn't. Maybe she did, and we just didn't see that on screen. I guess it's true, but the lioness was reunited with with her her cub. cub. That was the only thing I didn't like about the credits, was that felt like a weird line. Well, Mark, a lioness is a killer. No, but I just mean she's never called the lioness. She's always called the bride or, you know, kiddo or Beatrix kiddo or, you know what I mean? She's called all these different things, Black Mamba, but never the lioness. So, like, that kind of felt random i do love these credits though i wish we could play that song <laughs> it got me jazzed i was like yeah <laughs> i made me want to learn spanish too i like that it does literally every character from both movies which that's is really why i cool. think further showing the full oh yeah that it's supposed to be one connecting thing this was cool though the credits i mean I like yeah that. I felt bad for David Carradine though. Like everybody else got like a little slideshow of like a cool moment that from them in the movie, and then it was just David Carradine like laying dead on the ground. That was a cool moment for him from yeah. the movie. It was very very bizarre. 
to just be like lifeless body on the ground when everybody else had like an action shot. You know what I mean? But yeah, that was fun. And I mean, that's that's Kill Bill Volume Two. Um, this is such a weird one because I don't really like. We're moving into the how would you fix this segment, John. I'm going to start with you because you don't like Tarantino. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see what you would you would want to change about this. It's tough because he has such a unique style. It's hard to point to one thing to fix. I just a friend of mine does not uh, who doesn't like honey. You know that seems pretty crazy. Why do you not like honey, Alan? Well, I put it in my <laughs> mouth and it tastes bad. I mean, <laughs> that's his response. Oh. And like, I feel like that's how I view Tarantino movies. It's hard to be more eloquent. It's just than something that. You, not I for just, you. It just rubs me the wrong way for some reason. They're typically like a bloodbath, and like the the storytelling is. I do like the nonlinear stuff. Yeah. Um, but how would I? So. But you didn't <laughs> ask me that. Yeah. You asked me how would I fix it. I would like to have seen more fighting scenes. Actually, that's what I enjoyed the most in the both volumes were the fighting scenes. Oh, and I, I feel like volume two didn't have a whole lot. Yeah, it was all in the first one. Yeah, I I think that was the point. They got like the fighting out of the way in the first one, and this was one was supposed to be more like character driven style. But the problem was the interesting characters were in the first one. And uh, Bud and L just didn't weren't really up to snuff in terms of bringing out that like character development. But I know, yeah, I I agree with that, John. I, I definitely think there should have been more fighting. That I feel like there needed to be, not necessarily the Akuno boys, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> maybe something. the Van Buren boys, the, the Van Buren boys, Akuno Matata boys. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what about you? Um, how would you fix I this? I don't want to know that her daughter's alive. From the first, well, that's fixing the first one. Yeah. But it I, carries over. Yeah. yeah. Since it's like all kind of one movie. I don't want to know that her daughters are alive. I don't, uh, I mean, I, I don't like Bud. I don't like Elle. I don't know how you would rework those to make them interesting. Maybe change the actors. No, see, Bud, I think, could have been more interesting if they had spent less time focusing on what he was currently now as to po- as opposed to what got him to that point. Like I, they mentioned that him and Bill had a falling out. What happened? I agree. I, this movie only displayed him as like a cousin Eddie almost. Yeah. Like bumbling fool, basically. The cousin Bouncing. Eddie analogy is actually perfect because he's in an <laughs> RV. Right. That's probably <laughs> why I thought that. <laughs> That's perfect, John. But yeah, is that is that it pretty I much? I mean, I also don't like the pay me back ground my pay pay me pie may pie may yeah pie may latte did you say pay me back <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what yeah <laughs> i didn't like that uh i thought that was fun put it somewhere else maybe not when she's underground i i don't know i liked the movie this was just my least favorite of the two yeah but i, I get know, you i don't know how to fix it it's Tarantino. It's unfixable. <laughs> it's unfixable. You, you move one piece, the whole thing just falls apart. <laughs> He's just magnificent. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Step one, bring in Michael Bay. Rework everything. More explosion. Yeah. Bill explodes. Step two, bring in Hans Zimmer for the music. That definitely. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
I need a little bit more in my movies. <laughs> you know that masterclass YouTube commercial came on earlier today. Of yeah. this, the like music is a song. Is a is a what is it? It's like it's a conversation. <laughs> it's like that's a very good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Hans Zimmer, and all my songs sound the same. Uh, okay, so my turn. <laughs> I, I agree with a lot of your points. I would definitely add more fighting. Uh, I'd definitely change something about Bud. Uh, I Not necessarily the actor, because I, I don't mind him. You know what I mean? I don't think he's like particularly bad or anything. Maybe help him with his motivation. Yeah. Connect I, with the character more. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I wish it had been more about, like, we had spent more time figuring out, like, what had happened between him and Bill and, like, why he was in his current situation and things like that. Uh, crazy idea... For the end, I actually think it might have been more uh, symbiotic isn't the right word, but more like symbolic. No, symbiotic in terms of like completing the story, like um. coming full circle, like kind of coming together. I feel like both her and Bill should have died. Like she should have died, too. Whoa, that's a crazy thought. What would happen with the girl? I don't know. She's four. I, I really like I can't think of what you you could do with her. Esteban I think, would adopt her probably. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Well, she, Mark he was a pimp. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know she's not ending up with Esteban. <laughs> she's well, gonna. Where she, she's ending up with CPS. No, no. She's gonna travel the world and become her own assassin, just like her mom and dad. There That's we go. Terrible. No, it's a lot better than ending up with Esteban. I guess it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean in the sense of like if you just look at their like her trajectory. Yeah. And like what it was all leading to, it felt like it needed to be her chosen path also caused her death. You know what I mean? Like a Romeo and Juliet situation. Nah, not necessarily. Not, not as angsty. But you <laughs> We're know a little I mean? bit more mature than that. Like maybe <laughs> like maybe it could have been a thing during their fight, like even though that putting the sword in the sheath thing was super nice. sweet. But maybe instead like he gets the jump on her and he like stabs her. Nice. But he <laughs> stop. <laughs> but he she now is close enough where she does that. Like the palm thing. So she's got a sword through her and then he had the five palm death thing done to him. Do so they, they take five steps together and die? I don't know, maybe. Maybe they <gasps> just die together. It could be like a marriage. A really <laughs> a metaphor for marriage. Really messed up like blood marriage thing. Oh. They Ooh. take five steps and are in each other's arms for the rest of eternity or until they're buried in separate graves. Ooh. Maybe. By the four year old daughter. Oh no, that's just something I was thinking about when I was watching <laughs> that movie though, was that I think something about her dying seems to bring the story to more of a close. Well what about the lioness? Then there couldn't be a third one. There's not. I don't think there's going to be. There's, there's been like talks, rumors. but I don't know what they're what would they make the third one about? Bill's dead. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, there's no kill Bill 3. <laughs> Maybe kill, he didn't die. Kill Maybe Beatrix. What's the Chris Tucker thing though? Oh, he won't be in Rush Hour 3 in that one blooper <laughs> where they like throw him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. <laughs> I know those are all like staged, but they're still really funny. <laughs> yeah. Bloopers are staged these days, but oh well. Except for the ones of Jackie Chan not being able to like pull off the stunt. Yeah, because he's old. But, you know, he tries. Yeah. Unlike his son, lazy sack of shit. I don't know anything about his son. So <laughs> yeah. You've lost me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wrote his son out of his will. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's harsh. Because he's a lazy sack of... <laughs> anyway, final <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Howdy, <on> this... <laughs> Oh, my. Any final thoughts on this movie? 
That makes me think. Are well, any of you going to do uh, you Shanghai think? Nights? No. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to now. <laughs> Shanghai Nights. Owen Wilson. I just oh, want to know, Mark, where do you rank this in your Tarantino movies? Um, I don't know. Uh, definitely above Death Proof. Um, I think, even though I've seen it way too many times and it's way overplayed, I think Pulp Fiction's still my favorite. Uh, Reservoir Dogs after that. I'm going to put Hateful Eight after that. Wow. I really liked Hateful Eight. I know that movie got a lot of flack for different reasons, but Hateful Eight, probably third. Um, Inglorious? Yeah, maybe Inglorious after that. Uh... Then maybe Kill Bill. Both volumes. Yeah, one in, then one, then two, then Death Proof. Am I leaving off a movie? Uh, Jackie Brown. I don't even put that on the list. I'm not a big fan. Like, it's fine. It's a fine movie, but, like, I just... I've only seen it, like, twice. And I think once was, like, in parts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was on TV, and I, like, saw a couple stuff. Then there's the Django. That's the one I'm forgetting about, Django Unchained. Ooh, I'll put that... I'll put that below Kill Bill One, but above Kill Bill Two. Actually, I think that's I think that's the order I'd go with. John hates all of them. Yeah, he hates hate the eight. eight or however many there are. No, I don't. I don't hate them, and I also think this movie is worth your free time. If if you like Tarantino, you will like this movie. I would say. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, still put it in my mouth and it tastes bad. Whoa. <laughs> What if it gets cleaned off a little bit? Honey? Sure. <laughs> or ice cream. Whatever you want on there. <laughs> Peter, do you, would you think this is worth your free time? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's All fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked this movie because I really liked it, so it's. I obviously think it's worth your free time. Uh, I think it's a good time to wrap things up. <laughs> or if you want to reach out to us at tmftpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at tmftpodcast. Uh, we'll be back next week with, it's Peter's pick, right? Yes. Oh, no, wait. No, it's John. Wait, you haven't picked one yet? No, no, because he picked Fifty Shades first. No, I picked Fifty Shades first. I picked Scream too. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it, it is, is Peter. Pick. It is Peter's pick. Yeah. Don't sc- don't put that on me. <laughs> don't you put that on me. <laughs> no, that's totally me. <laughs> Benoit balls. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's gonna be Peter's pick next time. <laughs> we'll- Looking at Nymphomaniac 2. I'm not. No, okay. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to. It's not up to you. Oh, it's man. It's my choice. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>